This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecost Ornish Church, September the 24th, 2023. Pastor Farrah Hardison bringing the message today, part three of Don't Worry. We'll be in Matthew 3 and Psalms 68. Here is the Pine Level Pentecost Ornish Church praise team leader, David Hatcher. I don't know how many of y'all are t- taking off this week, but there's three holidays this week. In fact, one of them is today. Mike Perry's birthday is today. And he, uh, he, he didn't know I was going to say this, but, but anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but he is 70 years old. Y'all know, y'all believe that? And then Wednesday is his wife's birthday, and she's going to be 68. And then on Thursday, Sister Florence is turning another year older. I'm not saying how old she is. <laughs> but. September is full of, of September birthdays, and I know probably some of y'all's got September birthdays also. But I, I was just thinking about these are some key people that that are in our church. But uh, let's join together and sing Happy Birthday. Today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And we pray that they do have a great day. Amen. All right, let's start out singing Joy Unspeakable.
up top. That didn't sound right. <laughs> Sister Jenny's on vacation. She's gone off with her daughter on a vacation. But uh, Tom, I mean, uh, Paul and Joey are up up top, and they're doing the best they can. So if we miss something during the during the time, just hold on tight. We'll come back. Shout to the Lord. Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty
the choir assembles. You know, there's nothing that compares to God, is there? <coughs> Amen.
that don't believe And some who still deny That Jesus is the Son of God And His Word is all a lie But when prophecy has been fulfilled And the final trumpet sounds There is one thing you can count on Every knee will hit the ground But one day every knee shall bow In honor to the King And every tongue confess That He's the Lord of every King So the choice is yours today Do it then or do it now But one day
Have you ever had an old car that wouldn't crank? But if you hang in there with it, it crank. We, we were having some trouble getting cranked this morning. <laughs> but boy, once we got cranked up, I'm telling you, sounded good. Sounded good. Thank God for our musicians. Thank God for our choir. Thank God for our choir director and music director. Thank God for our praise team. I am not the person to do that for you, but I thank God for the people who are able to do that for us. Thank God for that. Uh, Brother Barr, so good to see you today, and Miss Betty is not feeling well today. I wanted to just encourage our church. We, Every time I see Miss Betty, she's smiling, every time, doesn't matter how she feels, and uh, I want you to just be praying for Miss Betty. And tonight, again, I want you to take note that tonight at 6, our youth are taking over. They are, they are uh, going to carry out their coup. They're going to take over the church. So I don't want you to miss tonight. As a matter of fact, tonight that's a good reason to come, not to miss. Amen. So be here tonight. Let's support our young people. Amen. Amen. So many things in the bulletin. I'm so glad Brother Mac takes care of that. I yeah, if I had to take care of all that, you'd be more confused than you are were this morning. Amen. Father, thank you for this opportunity of giving. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you bless us so that we can take a little bit of that blessing and bless you right back with it in the giving of our tithes and offerings. And Father, we just pray you give us wisdom to always use every penny for your will, your glory, your honor, in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Brother Thomas, I believe you've played that song before, haven't you? A time or two. A time or two. Thank you so much. What a blessing it is to have music like that. And uh, Any preacher can't preach after that kind of music ought to turn his preaching license in. Amen. I heard y'all say amen. I heard you. All right. What a beautiful day outside after some stormy days. The sun is shining. The Lord gives us storms and the Lord gives us sunshine. And when he gives us sunshine and storms, it makes things grow. It makes things come alive. And I have to actually get outside and mow my grass or call somebody to do it for me. I tell Millie, you got to get out there and make that money so I can hire people to mow our grass. Uh, I want you to, uh, let's pick up where we've been talking about worry and what Jesus said about worry. It was real simple what he said. He said, don't do it. Jesus said, don't worry. Now, when Jesus said, don't worry, he wasn't saying, don't worry. He was saying, I love you. I don't want you to worry. It's not good for you. You're ruining your health. You're ruining your time. When I'm trying to bless you, you can't even see my blessings because you're worried. He said, I don't want you to worry. Let's look at it in Matthew 6, 34. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, say those three words with me. Wow. Wow. So there are three words right after therefore. Say those three words. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to read Matthew 6:34 to you. And I thought I had it in the New King James Version in my notes, but evidently I've got it in another one. So I don't have what y'all have up there on the board. So I'm going to read this to you. Therefore, what he's saying, do not worry. Do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. Now in the King James, it says, take no thought of the morrow. Well, who talks like that? I'll tell you who talks like that. People in England... When the Bible was translated from Greek to English, that's how they talked. So what Jesus was saying is, therefore, don't worry. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't take tomorrow's bad possibilities and pull them into today. He says, for tomorrow uh, will worry about its own things. Uh, he says it this way in the King James. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Look what he says, that last sentence. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now what, what Jesus is saying there is, trust me when I tell you that you're going to have some difficulties today, and you're going to have some difficulties tomorrow, and you're going to have some difficulties the next day. But what Jesus also wants us to understand is you're also going to have some blessings today. You're going to have some blessings tomorrow, and you're going to have blessings the next day. Our lives are made up of burdens and blessings. And the Lord gives us an um, equal amount of those. I know sometimes you feel like, you feel like uh, you're getting uh, uh, cheated on the side of blessings, but you're not. 
It's just easier, come on, to see our burdens a lot of times than it is to see our blessings. That's the problem with us. That's our nature. Our nature is to see the problems, to see the difficulties. And of course, there are real difficulties. He says that sufficient is the day you're living in to have enough difficulties. Don't reach into tomorrow and think about what bad things might happen. They haven't happened. They may not ever happen. But when we worry, we reach into tomorrow and we pull them back in to today. He says, don't worry. And then he says, the reason I don't want you to worry is because You have enough real problems and challenges in the present day. Don't be borrowing trouble from the future. And what did I tell you? Worry is the interest you pay on borrowed trouble. So the the Lord here is just wanting to help us. He's wanting to bless us. He sees people worrying. He sees people fretting. Now, I've given you this illustration before, uh, but I'm going to share it with you again Uh, Because I want you to understand the heart of God toward you. You're one of God's children. Now, who in this building today, you've been saved, you've been born again, just give a testimony. Then you're his child. You're his daughter. You're his son. Listen, Romans, you've been adopted. You've been adopted into the family. Now, we love our children, don't we? We love our children. And my grandson, uh, has been with us for the past few days. So if, it, if I'm a little confused in my sermon today and I look a little tired, that's why. He has kept us on the move. But uh, so Millie's got him at our home church because there are so many of our family that don't get to see Liam and Millie does love to show him off. And so that's what she's doing today. It's very prideful of her, but that's what she's doing. Um, So Jesus, the Lord here, and this is so important for you to get this. He wants you to understand, I'm not telling you, if you worry, I'm going to get you. I'm telling you, don't worry because I want you to be joyful. We sung about it today. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know what? You can't have joy unspeakable and full of glory if you're always thinking something bad might happen tomorrow and something worse might happen the next day. I mean, it hasn't happened. You say, well, Pastor, the reason I worry about stuff in the future is because there's stuff going on now that could be bad in the future. Or it might not be bad. It might be good. Why can't we focus on that? Why can't we even consider that? It might work out good. Most of the time, we think things don't work out well. We focus on that. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be a joyful people. I want you to be a happy people. So I don't want you to sit around worrying about what might happen. Uh, The thing that I was going to mention to you, the uh, uh, illustration is if you went into your child's room at night, and some of you, your children are grown like me, or you went into your grandchild's room, and they were crying, and you said to them, why are you crying? And they said, well, I'm worried I won't have food tomorrow. Or I'm worried that uh, we're not going to have heat in the wintertime. I'm just worried about it, Mama. I'm just worried about it, Papa, Grandpa, Grandma. I'm worried about it. Wouldn't that break your heart? 
Wouldn't that just break your heart to go in there and your child just wailing and crying and you're assuring them, listen to me, I, if our heat goes out, I'll take you somewhere where there's some heat. If our food runs out, I'll get you to some food. You would look at them and say, don't you worry another second about this. I'll look after you. Wouldn't you say that? That's what God's saying to us. He's saying, I love you. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to meet your needs. Just stay close to me and every one of your needs will be met. Now, we were looking at three reasons for trouble, three reasons for burdens, three reasons we have problems. And it's really, really important that you understand these three reasons because, listen, you had trouble yesterday. You're having trouble today. You're going to have trouble tomorrow. But you know what? If you understand what God's doing, what God is is working in your life through those difficulties, when you have an understanding of that, you're able to deal with it better. So I want to give you those three things really quickly. We've already talked about them in some detail. But I just want to drive this home. um, when I preach up here, when I stand up here and preach, I, I want to give you all principles from God's Word that help you live more victorious Christian lives. And the three things that I'm going to give you real quick right here, if you, will, if you will put them down, if you will get them in your heart, then when troubles come, and they're coming, and difficulties come, and they're coming, then God will help you uh, be able to deal with that better because He'll explain it to you. He'll, he'll, he will have given you reasons. So the first one we said was out of the book of Job, and we found out that uh, you, you have an opportunity when trouble comes to shut the devil's mouth. Now, y'all hear the devil all the time. He talks to you through the media. He talks to you through the news. He talks to you, to you through Hollywood. He talks to you through people sometimes. The enemy's always talking to you. He's always telling you things to, to steal from you and kill you and try to destroy you. And that's what he was doing to Job. But Job stayed faithful to God because he understood what the devil was up to. So here's what you do. One of the things you do when you're going through a burdensome time is you say, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to hold my head up high. I may weep a few tears, but I'm going to be faithful to God and I'm going to give God the glory through it all. That's what Job did. That's what Job did. And God brought him out of it. And God shut the devil's mouth. So when you have trouble, you have an opportunity to shame the devil because he was bringing trouble in your life to get you to doubt God and get mad at God and criticize God and whine and complain to the world and hurt your testimony. See, the devil's always trying to destroy you. But if you say, oh, I know what you're up to. I know what you're up to, devil. I will praise the Lord. I'll smile in my tears. Have you ever smiled in the midst of your tears? Have you ever had joy even though your heart was broken? See, that's a powerful testimony. And when the world knows you're going through a bad time, but they see the joy of the Lord on you, it impacts their life. And they say, well, I don't know what that is, but I want some of that. What they want is the Lord. 
They want Him in their life the way you have God in your life. So you, when troubles come, you have an opportunity to shut the devil's mouth. Number two, when trouble comes, it can make you, if you react to it correctly, it'll draw you closer to God. It'll make you more dependent on God. And we found that scripture in Genesis 3, 17, when Adam and Eve had sinned. The Bible says the Lord sent pain into their lives. The Lord said, cursed is the ground. And then he said three words that were so powerful. Cursed is the ground. And here's what he was saying. When, when God said to Adam and Eve, cursed is the ground, here's what he was saying. He was saying, you're going to suffer now. You're going to suffer. You're going to feel pain. You're going to have burdens now because you chose to go your own way. You're going to have burdens. But he said, I'm going to do it for your good. I'm going to do it for your sake. I remember my daddy used to whoop me and he'd say, uh, now you parents out there, don't whoop your children. I don't want you to see my daddy abusing me. I felt like I was being abused, but I wasn't. Matter of fact, I didn't realize uh, that my daddy could dance. But my daddy would take me by the hand and he would lead and I would follow and, and we would dance a little bit. And all after those dances, I always ended up crying. <laughs> but we, I got spankings growing up. I got spankings growing up. I wouldn't be a pastor today, I don't think, if I hadn't have, have been, been parented that way. Um, but my daddy would do those things and then uh, my daddy would tell me sometimes, I don't want to do this. And I wanted to say back then, well, you sure act like you enjoy it. You really act like you are enjoying yourself. But the Bible says, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, and go ahead and turn there because we'll go there in just a minute. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says, it does not seem joyous to us when we are going through difficult times, but it seems grievous, but it's good for us. Here's what it says in Hebrews 12. It says that when we go through difficult times, when we, we go through problems, when we go through bad things we don't understand, that it yields in us the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It causes us to live righteously. When the Lord is disciplining us, when the Lord is allowing us to go through some burdens and have some hard times, He is disciplining us. And uh, let me show you where that is in the Bible. I believe uh, verse 5 is one of the verses. And then uh, jump down to verse 11. As a matter of fact, He says, when the Lord is uh, allowing you to go through difficult times, He's trying to draw you closer to Him. So don't despise it. Don't despise it when you go through hard times. Here's what that means. Don't get bitter. When you go through something bad, don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. It'll hurt your testimony. It'll hurt your testimony. So he says, don't despise it. And really what he's talking about specifically here in Hebrews chapter 12 is chastening. When the Lord has to chasten us, when he has to spank us, when he has to correct us. He says, when God does that, don't despise it. Don't get bitter. And I know people, I know people, and I, I, I've been doing this a long time, y'all. some of y'all have too, and I know people that when God had to deal with them, instead of them uh, letting God work that in their life and make them a better person, they got bitter. They got bitter because of it. And the Bible says don't do that. Then in verse 5 it says also, uh, don't faint under it. 
Don't faint. Now, here's what I say that means. Don't be discouraged. When you are going through God dealing with you in a difficult time, don't get bitter and don't get discouraged. Here's what a mature Christian does. You say, well, I want to be a mature Christian. I want to act like a mature Christian pastor. Here's what a mature Christian does when they go through a hard time. They say to God, what are you doing in my life? What are you trying to change? What are you working in my life? Instead of looking at it going, this isn't fair. I just went through a hard time and now here it is. I I want to tell you all that um, Miss Linda uh, called me or I called her in the hospital and I was talking to her and uh, she couldn't. She couldn't tell me about her because she was so concerned about somebody else. She was concerned about a young woman who died recently. She died. She had heart issues. A young woman, I believe, I believe she had four children. Four children. And one of those children, they were trying to raise money for a kidney transplant. Now that, now, you think you got troubles. And that mother's gone now, and there's that husband with four children to raise. And one of them needs a kidney transplant. He was on the Make-A-Wish thing, and he just got his wish granted uh, uh, just recently. And I don't remember all the details of that. Here's what I'm telling you. You're, you're, when you're going through hard times, first thing you need to do is look around and go, well, I'm not going through that, and I'm not going through that. And I'm not going through that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I am going through this thing, but I'm not going through what other people are going through. And you know what? I'll guarantee you that young lady uh, probably looked around and said, well, I hate what I'm going through, but here's somebody over here. I'd sure hate to be going through what they're going through. So y'all know this. We, we all go through difficult times. And I'll be honest with you. There are times I look at people's lives and I'll think, my goodness, Lord. They need a break. They need a break. I mean, I look at this woman, this family now, and there's that husband, and there's his wife, and she's gone, young woman, four children, and there he is to to raise them. And I I just look at that, and I go, God, God, do you know what's going on? You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, God, are you even aware of what they're going through? Listen, he's aware. He's aware. Now, there's a couple of ways you can look at that whole situation is you can look at it, and and if it's near enough to you, and it's not like somebody way off somewhere, if it's in the community, you can help them. You can bless them. You can be a blessing to them. Now, you've got your own troubles, amen? But you can be a blessing to people when you're going through your own troubles. Here's what I believe. Pharaoh Hardison, chapter 8, verse 7. I believe if you'll be good to people in your trouble, God will bring you out of your trouble quicker. God will bring you out of your trouble quicker. He'll give you strength, more strength in your trouble. When you make it not about you, and while you're suffering, you're trying to bless another person that's suffering, I'm going to tell you, that opens up an avenue for God to just pour his blessings into your life. Now, I've done the other two. I've whined and complained, and I've said this isn't fair, and I've done all that. And you know what happens when I do that? When I do that, then God just kind of, slows down the flow he goes come on now Pharaoh. come on get your get your vision right get your get your perspective right so i can't despise it i can't get bitter about my trouble 
And I, and I can't get discouraged about it because some people, when they go through trouble, they just say, well, I give up. I give up. If that's how it's going to be, and I go out of one thing right into another thing, and I've been going to church, and I've been reading my Bible, and I've been doing everything Pastor Farrell says, and I keep having trouble, I tell you what, I give up. Well, the Bible says right here in Hebrews, don't do that. Don't let it overwhelm you. Don't let it overcome you. Well, how am I supposed to not let it overwhelm me? You're going to have to get with God more often. You're going to have to get with God in private. See, here's what a lot of us do, and I've even heard this language. I haven't heard it since I've been here, but I've heard this kind of language all my life. Lord, I tell you, I just thank God for Wednesday night so I can go get my tank refilled. You don't have to wait to Wednesday night. You don't have to wait to Wednesday night. You can go get your tank filled Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday. You can go to the tank of God's blessing. <laughs> you can go. You can go to God's gas tank anytime you want to, and He will fill you up anytime you want to be filled up. He say, "Boy, I tell you, I wish there wasn't so much time between Wednesday night and Sunday morning. I just about went under." Well, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. You need to realize you have access to God twenty four seven. Now, there are some belief systems and denominations that. Only way you can talk to God is get up with your preacher. Well, wrong. You got access to God anytime. As a matter of fact, when I'm in trouble, I get up with y'all. And y'all get in trouble, you get up with me, and we support one another, and we pray for one another, and we get through these things together. Now listen to me. That lost world out there is watching us and they see it, and they go, I want that in my life. And then they get saved. They get saved. See, our, our, my sermons, I don't even know if anybody's here today that's not saved. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it if everybody in this building that I'm preaching to is saved. I don't know. If you're not saved, I hope you'll get saved today. But see, where we preach, y'all, is not in here. We preach out there. We preach with our life. We preach with our actions. <clears throat> yes, we preach with our words. We're not going to reach a lot of lost people in here because most people in here are saved. Am I preaching the truth? If we're going to get people saved, it's going to be out there. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed. And you don't have to point your finger at somebody and go, well, I'll tell you what you need. They're not going to listen to you. Here's what you do. You look at them and say, well, I hear you, and that's terrible. And I went through something like that one time, and let me tell you what the Lord did for me. Tell them your story. Tell them your testimony. Tell them you'll be praying for them. Give them your phone number and say, listen, if you ever want to talk, you call me. And you say, Jesus loves you. And Jesus wants to come in your life and bless you and bless your family. You don't have to point your finger at people and shake your finger and put them down and make them feel bad. Tell them what God's done for you. And then make yourself available. Amen? Amen. amen. God heard y'all say amen right there. So then in verse 11, he tells us how we ought to react. We're in Hebrews 12 now. So in verse 11, he says, here's what you want to do. He says, you don't want to despise it. You don't want to get bitter when you go through trouble. And he says you don't want to, um, you don't want to get bitter. You don't want to get discouraged when you get, go through trouble. 
He said, what you want to do when you're going through trouble is you want to be exercised. Now, when you look that word up, it means matured, trained. You know, one of the prettiest pieces of furniture we have in our church, Brother Danny fixed it up for us. Have y'all seen our communion table? I know it's not up here because we want more altar room, but when we have communion, which we're due for communion right now, we we bring that table in here. Well, Brother Danny got that thing, and it was showing some wear and tear, and and uh, you know something sits around for several years. Uh, it gets skin up and it gets scratched, and Brother Danny made it look like a brand new one. Now. I don't know exactly how he did that. If you'd give me that job, it'd probably look worse than it did before we started. But I know one thing that was probably involved was some sanding. Some sanding. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have had the job of sanding something? Like like sheetrock walls. That's a, I hate that job, don't you? Uh, so if I'm helping out a bunch of people, usually church, like if we're gonna do a project. The, the people in the church, the men, the deacons, they look in the church and then they look at me and go, what can he do? He can't do, he's a preacher, he can't do nothing. Look at his little soft hands. And every tool I've got, I bought from Rose's department store. Nothing but the best for me. And uh, some of y'all are like, Rose's? Where's the Rose's at? So they go, oh, I know what the preacher can do. Preacher, now this is called sandpaper. You go over there and sand that piece of furniture or you go to the wall where it's rough and you sand that and make it smooth. Listen, y'all, that's what trouble is. That's what problems are. That's what burdens are, is sandpaper. Smoothing off your rough edges. You see, we've got... We've got uh, uh, probably some things we would never put out here in front of you. Matter of fact, we've got uh, some studs behind this wall that are wood and they're not stained, they didn't get sanded, and they're behind the wall. Well, the pretty furniture that we have has been sanded, it's been, it's been, it's been really distressed in a sense that you go over it with that sandpaper. You know, the, the men with the saw do the best they can, but then to get it really looking good, they have to sand it. And when, when you're going through trouble, you're getting sanded. You're getting sanded. Now, I would imagine, I know sanding on the wall doesn't create any pain, but boy, if you were sanding your skin, you'd feel that, wouldn't you? I mean, it might not hurt too much the first five seconds, but boy, when it got to getting in that skin a little bit, that would be some pain. Well, that's what pain does. It smooths out your rust, rust, rough edges. It's, it's, you're being matured. You're being trained. Listen to me. God is molding you in those bad times. And if you get bitter or you get discouraged, God can't do that work in you and make you a better Christian. Let me ask y'all a question. How many of y'all have gone through a bad time in your life and during that bad time you prayed and you had people praying for you and you kept your eyes on God and when it was all over you were a stronger Christian, not a weaker Christian, but a stronger Christian. Sure, sure, I have too, you have too, but I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you and every time I'm honest with y'all, y'all look so holy while I'm up here being honest. But I have reacted wrong to trouble. 
I've reacted the wrong way. I've had a bad attitude. I, I, I got a little bitter or I got a little discouraged and I want to throw my hands up. And see, God can't do in you what he wants to do in you when you have those reactions. So God's saying, when you have trouble, ask yourself, how can I react to this that will make me better, that will make me stronger, that will make me a more powerful witness? I'll tell you something. When people have been through a lot and they've come through in victory and they stand up to testify, I don't know about y'all, but I listen to those people. I, I, I get my hand behind my ear. I want to hear what they've got to say. Amen? Because they've been there, they've done it, and they've come out on top. They've come out in victory. And the Lord is saying here, be exercised, be matured, be trained when you go through difficult times. And then we started talking about, well, what is the impact? How does worry have an impact on me? And we use two scriptures, and I want to use them today. Look at Matthew 6, 34 again. Look at it again. Every day has its difficulties. Look at that last sentence. Look at that last sentence. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now what that means is there's enough trouble in every single day that you don't have to reach into the future. You have troubles every day. How many of you know you have troubles every day, right? Amen. Now look at the Psalms, Psalm 68 and 19, and let's see what it says there. And it's coming, and there it is. Listen, blessed be the Lord who what? Don't you say that louder. Blessed be the Lord who beareth our burden, even the God who is our salvation, Sheila. And so what he's saying there in Matthew 6, 34, uh, actually said it in Psalms first, of course. In Psalms he said, I want you to know that the Lord will bear your daily burdens. You're going to have daily burdens. And then you're going to have daily blessings. He says, blessed be the Lord who daily beareth. So he's saying, look, Pharaoh, there's going to be good things in your life and there's going to be bad things in your life. There's going to be blessings in your life and there's going to be burdens in your life. Now, here's what worry does. Worry, when you focus on worry, and Pharaoh, I'm preaching to you too. When you focus on worry, you miss the blessings. You don't see the blessings. You're blinded to the blessings. A lot of us, if we were to be asked, well, tell me how the Lord's blessing you. We'll say, well, uh, I did eat today and uh, the lights came on. And, you know, we give our blessings like that. And then what? But, but if we said to them, tell me about your troubles. Oh, oh, let me tell you about my troubles. I can tell you all about my troubles. Here's what I'm saying. If we balance, if we let God help us, and we would balance the purpose, the view of our troubles, along with how we're being blessed, then we would be thankful in the midst of the storm. We could praise God in the midst of the storm because we're not just seeing the burden, we're seeing the blessing. Now, God's promised it. Every day, Pharaoh Hardison, you put your name there. Every day, Pharaoh, you're going to have burdens. You're going to have blessings. Which one are you going to focus on? Which one are you going to keep your eyes on? And you say, well, Pastor, i got to tell you, sometimes I can't ignore my burdens. He don't ask you to ignore them. He don't ask you to ignore your burdens. He says, 
give as much attention to your blessings as you do your burdens. And if you'll do that, he'll keep that delicate balance in your life. Remember what I told you. Remember what I said last week. If your life was a desert, nothing would grow. It would just be powder. It would be dust. We know that. We know that. You've seen pictures of the desert. And then we've seen recently pictures of flood, haven't we? Nothing's going to grow in that either. But when you have a balance of sunshine and a balance of rain, you have a beautiful garden. And when you focus only on the heat, only on the, on the sun, and you're not focusing on how God gives rain and, and sun, he gives both of those, then you get a bad perspective and that bitterness can come in there and that discouragement can come in there and God doesn't want that for you. I uh, read a story this week about a uh, preacher who had a um, couple that came in his office. And I'm going to read most of this to you because, um, because I don't want to leave any of it out. It's such a powerful story. So I'm going to go through it as quick as I can. A young couple with a little baby came in to see their pastor. They had both been crying. They'd been weeping. And the pastor could see that they had been crying. He could see that they had been weeping. And as soon as they sat down with the preacher, they began to cry again. And the pastor dreaded what he was about to hear. He was sure it was going to be terrible news. And he was praying silently to himself. And I've been there many times. Asking God, God, give me wisdom. Help me, to, help me to say the right thing to this precious little family. And they had a little baby with them. Man and wife and little baby. And the pastor said, all right, y'all, obviously something's terrible going on. He said, tell me what's going on. The young father looked at him with tears coming down his face. He said, we just had our little baby. He said, we've just bought a house. He said, and I went in yesterday and I got laid off from my job. And he said, preacher, we're going to lose everything we've got. We're going to lose everything we've got. And the preacher said, now wait a minute. He said, come on, y'all, wait a minute now. Let's think this through. Let's get a good perspective on what's going on. So let me just ask you a few questions. And I hope the Lord will give me this kind of wisdom when I'm helping people. He said, let me ask you, how much do you like living in the United States of America? They looked at him, like looked at one another, like, what in the world's this got to do with anything? And they said, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, what do you mean? Of course we like to live here. He said, well, I've been reading in the paper and looking on the news, and he said, I see people coming out of Cuba to get here. He said, I see people coming out of Mexico to get here. I see people coming out of the Middle East to get here. I see people coming out of Asia. They're leaving their families behind. They're leaving their possessions behind. And they are coming to get into the United States of America. And oftentimes after they've been here a while, they go back and try to get the rest of their family to come over here. He said, aren't you glad you were born here? Aren't you glad you were born in America? The place everybody's trying to get to. You were born here. His pastor said, they said, yeah, yeah, that is a blessing. The pastor said, well, you look healthy. Are you healthy? And they said, yeah, we're all, we're all healthy. He said, uh, he said well, um, uh, ma'am, are you healthy? She said, yeah. He said, well, how about your baby? Is your baby healthy? Yeah, baby's healthy. He said, well, I know multimillionaires 
that have way more money than me and you will ever have, and they would pay you millions if you could give them your good health. If you could give them your good health, they'd pay you millions of dollars. He said, now let me ask you something. Would you sell them your health? Would you give them your health that you love and enjoy and appreciate? Would you give that to them for a million dollars? They said, no, sir, we want our health. We're thankful for our health. We're, 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 we feel blessed. Pastor said, now you're young. Y'all are young. He said, uh, suppose an older person like me were to come to you and say, if you'll just give me 10 years of your young life, I'll give you millions of dollars. Would you give me 10 years of your life? They said, no. No, preacher, we would never give up our life. I want to, I hate, the husband said, I want to have as many days with her as I can. I, I want to be with my little uh, baby as many days as I can. I wouldn't sell it for any amount of money. And the pastor said, well, let me ask you this question. He said, well, <clears throat> this, this lady you're sitting beside right here, are you and this uh, little lady, are y'all in love? He said, oh, yes, sir, we, we love each other very, very much. He said, so would you sell her for money? He said, he thought about it. No, he didn't think about it. He said, he said, he said, no, I wouldn't sell her. She said, he looked at her, would you sell him? She said, no. They said, well, let me ask, he said, let me ask you, would y'all sell your baby? No, preacher, we wouldn't sell our baby for nothing in the world. He said, uh, uh, the preacher came to him and he said, well, let me ask you this. He said, don't you know that you're far richer than you thought you were? Do you understand it now? And they said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, the devil wants to mess up your perspective. Listen to me. Trouble's going to come in your life. Trouble, listen, I don't mean to be a prophet of doom, but tragedy, tragedy is going to come in your life. You're going to get a phone call. That is the, I got that phone call. I got it. Mitch is dead. Your son is dead. You've had that phone call. Some of y'all have had, heard, heard, had phone calls and gone through deep. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I've had worse phone call than you have. You might have had a phone call that's worse than that one. I don't know. Here's what I'm saying. Trouble's coming. One, one guy said, you're either coming out of trouble or you're going into trouble. One or the other. But trouble's all the time. Every, what does the Bible say? Every person born of woman is full of trouble. Their life is full of trouble. Well, the fact of the matter is there are blessings there too. So what the enemy's trying to do, like he did with this young couple, is get you to only see the bad and not to see the good. Am I making any sense preaching this morning? So here's what I want you all to do, and I'm going to try to do it too, because I, I went over my sermon with Millie, and because uh, I knew she needed to hear this so bad. And so I went over it with her, and uh, I told her, I said, you know, baby, we have got to try to practice this. And I'll be honest with you, Millie's better at it than I am. She's better at it than I am. I, I, I'll get frustrated and, and uh, I'll get discouraged and I'll get uh, 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 bitter and upset. And, and uh, Millie's the one that brings me back around. Now, y'all love hearing that. I know you're going to never let me forget it. Millie is the one who says, now look now. 
Let's look, let's look at what the Lord's done and what he's doing for us. And we, she'll go back over it with me, and I'll begin to go back over that with her. Here's the thing you need to know. No matter what you're going through, there's people in this world that would trade places with you in a minute, in a heartbeat. Don't you ever forget that there are people in this world, no matter what you're going through, that would trade places with you in a heartbeat. You're blessed. You're more blessed than you know you are. Worry doesn't take the pain out of tomorrow. It only takes the joy out of today. Amen? That's what worry does. Worry doesn't help tomorrow. It just ruins today. Have y'all ever worried and worried and worried and then the next day gone, I am so glad I was tore up all day yesterday about this. I am. Have y'all ever said, have you ever said, thank God that I worried myself to death about this thing. I'm so glad it helped so much. No, you say, well, preacher, that's absurd. Then why do we do it? It is absurd to say, I'm so glad I worried. Why do we do it? Well, we're, we've, we're human. We're human. And we have a nature. And that nature is to, is to see the worst. But Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow will have its own problems. He said, today's trouble is enough. So here's what we're, here's what we're doing. Everybody stand with me. Stand with me. Here's what I'm asking you to do. When you go through those dark valleys, I want you to pause. I want you to pause. You say, well, let me write this down. Pause. I want you to look around. I want you to think. I want you to recognize your blessings. And I want you to count your blessings every time trouble comes. Now, here's what we really want to do. We want to... We want to I've wrote these things down. I wrote them down because I thought I might forget them. You might want to write them down too. But here's what we want to do. We want to get to a place where that's natural. Where it's natural. When we hear something bad to go, wait a minute, Pharaoh, don't jump off the deep end. Don't go off the deep end, boy. Calm down. Remember you're blessed here. Remember you're blessed there. Remember God's working in you right now. Don't be surprised what the Lord uh has done, don't miss what the Lord has done, what the Lord is doing in your life. Yes, trouble, yes. But don't forsake, turn your back on the blessings and just focus on those negative things that are coming. Everybody walk up here, if you will. And we're going to close in the altar this morning. I hope what I've said, what I've preached today is going to help you. I hope it will change your life, change your perspective in your life. I heard about this lady that was a worry wart. Do you all know what a worry wart is? I mean, she just worried all the time and, and made up things and just complained all the time. And somebody looked at her and said, Honey, why don't you try to look on the bright side? And she said, Listen, if the Lord brings tribulations, He expects me to tribulate. <laughs> He wants me to tribulate. I mean, if he brought tribulations, he wants me to tribulate. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He wants you to see him in the midst of your storm. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. He walked on the storm. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, that's when he sunk down in the water. 
And I'm just giving you a word that I believe. Matter of fact, I'm just telling y'all, I, I really was going to move on to the next major point in this sermon. And I just looked on last week and how important this principle is. And I said, you know what? I'm going to preach that some more. I want to preach on that some more. I want them to really get this thing that if you will train yourself. What did the Bible say? Train. Let the Holy Ghost train you that when those bad times come, and I don't know about y'all, but sometimes the trouble I go through, it's not directly with me, but it's with somebody I love. It's with somebody I love. It's with one of my children. Uh, um, or, or it's with somebody in my family. Right now we're going through it with my cousin and, and she's had the brain aneurysm and, and now they're saying she's regressing. She was making good progress and, and now she's regressing. And I'm telling you, I'm bearing that burden. I've wept tears. I've cried. I've prayed. This woman loves the Lord. Her husband loves the Lord. And, and she's just going through this terrible, terrible time. So what I have to do is remember the miracles of God and remember the the love of God and remember the blessings of God. And here's what I do a lot of times. I think about, wow, if God were to do this, if he were to raise her back up and heal her body, think about the people who would be touched by that miracle. I'm telling you, Jerry and Francis, where y'all at? Right there. There's there's Francis. She walked up Jerry slow and she's just left. And, and y'all have had two miracles. Y'all have had two miracles. I mean, Jerry, that doctor told you, he told you, well, if, if you've got that and you're having that problem, it just leads to this. I mean, he just let, dumped it on you. And I know when you come up here to the altar, uh, we weren't sharing all that news yet, but I knew that burden was heavy on you. And now we stand here today and God has touched him and we're still praying, we're still praying that that thing that can cause cancer to come is still there. So we're praying God's going to dry that up. And Miss Francis, her kidneys, you know, they weren't working, they weren't functioning. And the doctor, I believe he used the words, it's like they woke up. Well, that's God. That's God. And today we're going to say, look what God can do. Amen. Amen. Father, I've preached this morning um, with a burden on my heart, God. I, I, I just want our folks to, to leave from church on Sunday morning and have a, a principle of truth in them that they can practice that very day, that they can come back and, and help others and teach them what's been taught to them today and, and just give their story and say, I used to worry so bad. I used to lay awake at night. I used to just uh, let it plague my mind. But I began to read the Bible. I heard the good teaching on God's Word. And now I'm not as as bad as I used to be. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. I'm seeing the blessings of God in my life and not just the burdens of life. I'm seeing the goodness of God, the generosity of God, the miracle working power of God. I'm seeing that in my life. And I'm not looking so much at the defeat and the problems and the bad things that come or, or really haven't even come yet. I just am worried they might come. I don't do that as much anymore. And I'm making some progress in the Lord. I'm enjoying my life better. I'm enjoying my family better. I'm enjoying my children better. I'm enjoying my job better. I'm enjoying my income, the little bit of income I've got. I'm enjoying it better because I'm thanking God. I'm praising God. I'm recognizing the goodness of God in my life.
Lord, give us joy unspeakable and full of glory. Give us joy unspeakable and full of glory in these last days. No matter what the situation we're in, give it to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. just a few weeks we got thanksgiving we got thanksgiving well why don't we just go and start now amen why don't we just go ahead and start being more thankful right now then when thanksgiving gets here we'll be having a big time by then won't we see i'm telling y'all here's what jesus said we've got to do we got to win the lost I'm telling you this morning, one of the greatest ways to win the loss is let them see you enjoying the Lord, enjoying the blessings of the Lord. That will make them want what you have. I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but we live in a crazy, wacky world that is messed up. And and uh, I don't know if y'all have seen, have y'all seen uh, at the ball games this year, people fighting? They're fighting at the ball games that we didn't have that problem before COVID and all of that. And now uh, we were locked away in COVID. We've come out and, and now there's all this division in our country because of political things going on. And, and I got to tell you, I don't see much in this present world that appeals to me. So if we focus on the Lord and people see the joy of the Lord in us, they're going to want to be saved. And we need to be ready to tell them how to be saved. When they ask you, the Bible says this, when they ask you about the joy in your life, be ready to tell them why you have that. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Y'all are dismissed. Thank you so much for coming. The young people are going to be leading the service tonight at 6. Also in this church incorporated copyright 2023.